God, we, God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity um, to learn from you. We thank you for the opportunity to share our lives together. I ask that you just bless this time, that you give me wisdom in presenting, um, that you let your Holy Spirit guide us, Lord. Um, give us insight, give us understanding. Um, thank you for the forgiveness and grace that you bestow upon each of us, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I've spoken here a few different times. My name is Trey Hill. I am a psychologist at Covenant Counseling and Education Center, where Gil Cracky is actually the director now. Hey, morning. Where's your uh, mother of the bride dress? <laughs> She's returned to normalcy, right? Uh, I grew up, actually, I was talking to a few of you all earlier, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, I am still an LSU fan. That's where my dad went to school, so I'm persona non grata around these parts. I'm also a Notre Dame graduate which again, oh, it's easy to like people that you demolish. <laughs> so that doesn't really hurt me too bad. I um, went to Florida State for undergrad. I wandered around in Poland and Europe for a couple of years, teaching and just sort of seeing the world. Went to Tennessee for an internship. Again, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I like to set the expectations low to start. We're gracious and forgiving towards him now. Um, I'm married to uh, my beautiful wife, Jenny, that if I had a slideshow, I'd show you a nice picture of her. Otherwise, you can just imagine beauty. That's my wife. Um, and we've got a one-year-old daughter named Sophie now. So we kind of came to the game late to be parents. We're learning day by day. And uh, it's kind of nice that Gil Cracky was not here to introduce me. on the anybody, anybody at the marriage retreat? I don't see anybody that was on the marriage. Yeah, okay. He gets up introducing me and says, now Trey is a really funny guy. And he's like, this is my exaggeration, but he's like, his insights will blow your mind. You know, there's never going to be a dull moment. And then turns the mic over to me, which is really not fair. <laughs> That's like telling people to say something funny or be spontaneous. Um, it just doesn't work. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, when I was in... Uh, undergrad, going to grad school in between, some people found out that I'd actually had a 4.0 at Florida State, and they were like, I didn't know you were that smart. <laughs> You're going to Notre Dame? Are you sure? They let, they let you in? Um, but I guess I'm able to dumb down my knowledge for the common man, or actually the truth is I've just been very blessed to go to these nice places, so no big buildup for who I am. I'm just here to share some. Our, our theme for the next five weeks is story. We're talking about stories. Uh, today, the title is The Story of Us, looking at where are we in our relationships, particularly in our marriages, but also relationships more broadly, and how did we get here? Next week, we're going to talk about the story of relationship and marriage in particular. What are we supposed to do? How does this work? How do we make this effective? How do we make this something that is sacred and God-honoring and life-giving? The week after that, Yes, that's the fun one. The story no one wants to tell. We're going to talk about conflict and how we grow from this. The fourth week is called The Heart of the Story, looking at what is the essence of what a marriage really is. This takes it beyond just the practical, the day-to-day, -day, and into the spiritual realm. And the last one I call The Storyboard. You know what a storyboard? Like if you're mapping out, okay, here's scene one, scene two. Are our relationships going anywhere? Are we getting someplace? Is there a vision? Is there a purpose? Is there a direction? So that's, those are the five topics that we're going to look at. And there's really no way to do a teaching about stories without telling stories. So I'm going to tell a lot of personal stories. A few reasons for that. I like talking about myself. <laughs> Just kidding. 
a little bit. Uh, second one is openness and vulnerability are the pathway to learning, are the pathway to growth. And then third, it gives you a framework of listening to my story and thinking about yourselves. One other thing to know, if you haven't heard me talk before, I'm pretty interactive, so please feel free at any point to raise your hands, give some knowledge from other things you've heard me say before, or correct things that I've mistakenly said before. Um, also, I'll invite y'all to share different parts of your story as well at different times. There's never any pressure to do that, but the invitation is always there. Um, any questions so far? Good, I've been so clear, huh? All right, my first story, uh, which is quite scandalous, is I'm going to tell you how I ended up in bed with my wife on our first date. Oh, my gosh. Now, I had only known her for three days when this happened. So you got to go back. We had gone to this small group through a church that I had rarely been to. It was like a singles group, which everybody who's single detests, of course. And my wife had never been to this, but her best friend's boyfriend said, you've got to go to this group. Maybe you can meet somebody. And so she goes, and I'm there visiting some friends, and she sees me across the room, and she kind of nudges her friend. She's like, I want to talk to him. I don't know why, but that's what she thought. And I said, wow, who's that beautiful girl over there? So he goes over, makes a conversation. I'm talking to her some. And then, and she laughs when I tell this story, we, we sit down at this table. There's some presentation. And so Jenny, who's my wife, was sitting on my right side, and there was this other woman who was sitting on my left. I don't really know what her name is, but they were both sort of talking to me. My attention was being pulled this way. Then, uh, then she would nudge her friend Jeff, oh, get Trey's attention over here. I'd talk to her for a little bit, kind of like that angel and a devil on each side of your shoulder. Obviously, my wife, Jenny, ended up being the angel. So let's hold back and forth. Anyway, so I decided to ask her out. We go to hear this uh, Symphony in the Park. Anybody been to the Symphony in the Park series before? Okay, so this was back four or five years ago when they did a series where they were doing ABBA songs, or ABBA, however you say it. Yeah. It was, it was great. So, I mean, the, the unfortunate part is now Dancing Queen is like our song. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how, what to do with that. Um, but I show up to pick her up for this date. And if this is like a precursor to the rest of our marriage, she welcomes me in the house and then says, now you have to help me decide what kind of shoes I'm going to wear tonight. And so I did. And then she also had me decide, are we going to take the, the practical but ugly blue cooler with our food or the nice wicker basket that's so cute and stuff? And we took both. But this is what happens. You know, hey, should I do this? Should I do this? We had a great time. We laughed a lot. We did dance to some ABBA songs. Uh, and at the end of the night, we go back to her place. And she's got this dog, Millie, whom I fell in love with instantly. And Millie was just running around, and we were talking, and we were playing with Millie. And so Millie just runs, and we're chasing her around. She goes and just jumps right on the bed in my wife's bedroom. So we go in there, and actually, I know it's just a funny entree, but it was a beautiful moment. We, we both kind of laid down on different sides with Millie right here, and we're just talking about our lives, talking about some of our stories, talking about her past and my past, and sort of petting Millie, and then every now and then you know, our hands would sort of touch each other's, and there was that nice moment of just feeling that, connection. It was a beautiful moment, and we stayed up till 2.30 in the morning, just talking, sharing, experiencing life. Right? That was the start of our story together. Now, I want you to do something for a minute. You don't have to say anything to start, but just think back, for those of you who are married, which I assume is probably most of y'all, um, think back to the very beginning of your relationship and some of those moments like that that just made you feel connected, made you feel drawn in, made you feel really attracted to your spouse. Just think about that for a minute.
Anybody bold enough to share a thought or two on that? <laughs> There's a smirk over there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Get, yeah, there, you're talking now. Give me, give me part of one of your memories. Look at that. Anybody bold enough? Not yet. Okay, I'll share. I'll share part of the second half of some of those stories, and then we'll take a broader look at stories. There's there's the first part, and my wife and I from there ended up having a pretty whirlwind relationship. You would have thought, being a counselor, I've been doing this for 11 plus years now. You would have thought that I would have been smart enough to take that slow and steady path, but but I wasn't. You get lost in these things. We had a number of things just hit us as we went on in this relationship. Number one, we got married way too soon. So just as we were starting to fall in love and get to know each other, guess what happens? Wedding planning takes over. So I really feel like I lost my fiance. And I I kid you not, it was like she was gone. And I just got married in the hopes that I think you're coming back to me. But it was really difficult. So we were bearing the weight of all this other distraction, all this other story of of the wedding day itself and and losing the relationship. Uh, And then even once we got married, lots of challenges began to hit us. Uh, One of the things, I don't think I shared this part on the marriage retreat, but I have a family history of depression, a history of depression myself, and just all the transition and some brain chemistry stuff, I went through sort of a major depression fairly early on in our marriage, which is a great thing for a wife. Like, we just got married, my husband's sad all the time. Um, it was tough. It was tough. We began to see how our differences were pulling us apart. Um, we had family differences that were also difficult. Um, one of those pieces, her mom wanted us to sign a prenuptial agreement before we got married which my wife told me about a week and a half before the wedding. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Uh, you're kidding me, right? No, she was not kidding me. And it was, a, it was a dramatic turning point for us because for me, I felt spiritually I'm not okay with doing this. That we're saying we are, we are coming together. We're making a covenant with God. There is no separateness. There is no side agreement. Even though she was thinking, look, this is just my mom. We know where we are. But I said, well, we can't start off our marriage with your mom defining how we're going to choose things. So imagine that for my wife, devastated, just this tension and this fear, like, what am I going to do? And we had it a week before the wedding on one Saturday in the midst of running around doing last-minute errands, um, just had a great talk, and she finally said, okay, um, I'm willing to lose any inheritance, any whatever I would get just to be able to marry you. She said, I'll make that choice, I'll follow you, which is a huge moment for us but devastating for her to think through. And who knows where all that stuff is now. But lots of stuff. Um, It's funny, a few, probably a few months after the wedding uh, retreat, I guess it was 2012 that I led here, uh, I saw Jay Izell out at a a show. And just before that, we had had this, my wife and I had this huge fight. So here I just led this marriage retreat. and I see him like, hey, I just got in a big fight with my wife. I got to go read my notes from the retreat. <laughs> but but the, the truth is, the, these are the stories that we're in. They're messy. They're not neat. They're not simple. They have drama. Sometimes they may look hopeless. But it's within this that God does His work. 
So part of what we're doing, really the focus of today is beginning to say, again, the title is, you know, the story of us, where are we and how did we get here? So taking a look back, where exactly are we in this story and how did we get here? Okay. So a little bit about stories in general. Um, stories are all around us. How many of y'all have kids? Some of most of you, right? What are they like at bedtime? Read. Read. That's right. Read me a story, right? Or maybe now. It's not bedtime yet. That's right. That's delay tactics. Delay tactics, exactly. Right. And what, what do they? What do yours do for delay tactics? Um, I want to hug you. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you got a lot of delay tactics over there, don't you? He learned from the best. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Something about learning. He knows that he can get me wrapped up into a conversation, and then it's 45 minutes later, and I'm like, you gotta go to bed. Take advantage of it. That's right. There's smart kids out there, huh? Yeah. But yeah, they, they want to hear the stories. They want to hear another story or watch a DVD. If, if you look out into the world, what are the popular electronic gadgets and social media gadgets out there? What, what's, what's big these days? iPods, Facebook, Xbox, right? And what do you do on Xbox now? Do you sit by yourself and play or what do you do? Yeah, you smart man. Hide it. Put it in the basement. Yeah, you collect, you connect online. You're playing with other people, right? Or you're sending, uh, you know, pictures and do, a lot of this stuff. I don't actually do. I'm connecting and I'm telling you the story of my life. Well, who cares if I post? I just had a sandwich over here. But everybody is telling the stories of what they're doing all day. Or you're getting out your Kindle and reading a book, right? Um, you're talking on the phone. What are you talking about? Here's what happened in my day. Our entire lives are telling our stories. Living out our stories and telling our stories. Living our stories and telling our stories. Even if you look at scripture, um, I've got a client of mine, I'm a psychologist is what I do, who uh, is a biblical scholar and I asked him uh, some pieces of this and he said if you look at scripture, about 70% of scripture is just narrative. It's telling stories. Now you have the epistles where there are certain exhortations, maybe laying out of some doctrine, but the vast majority of scripture is telling stories. Now, why would that be? Why, why do you think Scripture is mostly stories? It's a way to teach. It's a great way to teach. What else? It's an example. Yeah, exactly. It's more interesting. Much more interesting, right? Maybe it's not as clear-cut where you say, oh, I know points one, two, and three, but it grabs my attention. It pulls me in. We can relate to it. There's something else we can grab from it. Okay. So these stories, are, they're all around us. Even looking at Jesus' teaching, he taught in parables the vast majority of the time. Now you could debate back and forth exactly why he did this, but there's a story. Um, anybody ever do one of those like one-year Bible reading plans, by the way? Any, raise your hand if you've done one of those. Did you make it all the way through? No? Who made it all the way through? Good for you. Yeah. I actually did make it through one year, but the hardest part of doing the, the read through the Bible in a year thing is when you get you know, bogged down in like Leviticus <laughs> and Numbers. And there's a lot more of the Old Testament. So you've got to read like three or four passages. So uh, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. I, I was reading through, we just get through all the story of the Israelites and Moses. And then you get into Deuteronomy. So you've just trudged through all these laws. And then Moses gets up and he says, 
let me tell you what just happened. And he recounts everything that you've just trudged your way through. Here are these laws. Here is what God decreed. But why does he do this? Right? We've just gone through all this. But part of it is we need to find where we are in our stories. Right? He said, here's, here's what God has done for us up until this point. These are his laws. This is what he cares about. Here's where we are right now. To stop and say, let's reflect. We've gone through all this, but do we even remember where we are? So the point of today is to encourage you. I know it's just a short time. I'm planting some seeds is what I'm trying to do today. is To look back and say, where have we come in our relationships? What's the place that we're living in right now? And how does that match up with where we thought we'd be? It's the place that we want to be. That's the real question we're putting out there today. Before I get there, one more question about stories. Anybody have a good storyteller in your family? Yeah? Yeah. What, what makes a good story? What are the elements that are involved with that? Something you've never heard. Something you've never heard, so it's novel, it's new, it's interesting. Suspense. Suspense, yeah, right. You're on the edge of your seat, you're wondering what's going to happen next. They're excited about what they're saying. That's a... Great, yeah. That's even, that's even in the notes from one of the experts. Yeah. That's why you've got that smart kid, right? <laughs> yes, they're interested in the story themselves. What else makes for a great story? Funny. It's funny. Funny helps a lot. Conflict. Conflict, yeah. Why? No, see, does that make any sense? Why does conflict need to be there in a story? Drama. Drama creates interest. You want to see a resolution. You want, you want to see a resolution, right? And you've got an answer to that? You're ready. You can pound. That's oh all that what they said yes yeah okay here's here's what some of the experts say um, first of all just the the essence of it um, a story is going to have five essential elements and yeah I've got a little handout I'll give it to you later it's very it's very open ended but you're going to have a setting there's going to be a plot right? characters you got to have characters or nothing's happening conflict and then some sort of theme now within that you've got uh, often a climax and a resolution, but think about it. The setting is the where are we, right? Where are we in this story? That's what we're talking about today. The plot, what are we doing here? Right? The characters, who are you, who am I? Right? The conflict, here's where we're, we're fighting and resolving things. And then the theme, what is this story about? So you've got all those elements. A story that works, this is from Chris King, an expert storyteller. He says, it's going to touch people in some way. It has some emotional impact. It has substance. This is not just some light, airy story. This is light. See, get that gesture. There is conflict and resolution. There are vivid images, so it draws you in. Uh, he said the story is not wimpy, right? It has risks. It has vulnerability in it. Um, the story fits the audience that you're talking to, and it's a story that you love personally. Right? So here, let me read those again, and as I read them, I just want you to think about the way you relate to your spouse, significant other, the way you may relate to close friends, um, someone you might be dating, in the way that you interact with them, in the stories that you're living out. Just listen to these again and say, is this, is this what we're doing? Or maybe we did this before and we've, we've lost a part of this now. Do the stories we tell each other, do they, do they touch each other? Do they have an emotional impact? Are we living at that level? Do the... Do the stories we tell, do the way we live, does it have substance? Right? 
Is there meat behind what we're doing? Do we have conflict and resolution? The first part of that, do we, do we let ourselves have conflict? Do we embrace it as a chance to grow? Are we able to find resolution? Or do we feel like we're drifting apart, sweeping something under the carpet? Uh, creates vivid images. The way to think about that is, are, are there moments within our marriages? Right? This is what people remember later on. Oh, remember that time we did this? Oh, what about that moment? Do we have those moments? Do we have those vivid memories? What are we doing to create those? Is our story wimpy? And this doesn't mean my man's man or something like that, but do we take risks with each other? Am I willing to go beyond what is easy or what is expected? Am I willing to put myself out there with you in a way that you could reject me? Um, am I willing to ask for something, fearful that you may not give it to me or you may be resentful for, at me for it? Am I willing to take that risk and not be wimpy? Does the way that I talk, does the way that I tell my story fit my partner? Or am I just telling my story with no sense of what they really need? And then, do I love this story? Am I really engaged with this person? Okay. Those are ways to begin to think, well, where are we with that? Are we telling good stories together in our marriages, in our relationship? Um, actually, let me go ahead and pass out these handouts. It's just a place in case you want to take notes about anything on this. Uh, still this around. There's no need to, but you may want to jot a few things down. A couple other pieces about the importance of stories. Um, let me keep moving here. Stories give us a sense of belonging, right? I'm part of this marriage. I'm part of this family. Remember these particular things that we did. I identify with this group of people. Same things about the families you grew up in. These are our stories. This, you know, whether it's we are Alabama fans, we go, we're Auburn fans, we're people who like to go hiking, we're people who like the symphony. This is, this is the culture that we're developing. Okay, I belong to this. There's a place for me. Okay, our stories tell us about our belonging. They also capture the essence of what our life is about. Um, those vivid moments. I'll skip that story. They begin to shape who we are, they educate us, right? Just like when your kid is saying, Daddy, explain this to me. Do this and this. And they're learning, you know, and they're keeping you up late, but they're learning. Stories help us to make meaning of our lives, and they tell us what we value, right? They tell us what we value, which leads me to the uh, scriptural part of today. Um, we're going to look for a second at John 4. This is a story of the woman in the well, and what I'm going to suggest with this is, in the midst of this story, Jesus shows her, Here's what the real story is. And he also says, look at how you've gotten to this place. Right? Here's the real story. Look back to see how you've gotten to this place, which is the same thing I'm putting out there today. What is our story? What is the real story we're living right now? How do we get to this point? So this is John 4. We'll pick it up at verse 7. I'll read it. You don't have to look it up. If you got it there, you can take a glance. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town for food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Uh, and a woman, how can you ask me for a drink? And then I like the little subtext, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans, right? So she's living in this story. We are on opposite sides of the fence. We're not supposed to interact. This is not part of what I'm used to. This doesn't make sense to me. She says, You shouldn't be talking to me. Jesus answered her. So he says, I'm going to tell you a different story here. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
So she's in this story of her day. What am I doing? It's, I think it says in here, yeah, it's at noon. So it's the middle of the heat of the day. She's out getting water. She's just handling her tasks. Jesus comes and talks about living water. He's, like, well, he's interrupting her day. What, what, what are you doing? And she takes him very practically and, and literally says, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is very deep. How are you going to get me any living water? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then he says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, and they're at this well of Jacob right there, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock. So for that, he's, he's saying, wait, there's a different story. There's something else for you here. You're getting this water, and I have something better for you. And she's saying, wait, are you saying you're greater than all the past that's happened? We're used to this. You're going to, something better than this? I'm stuck in the context that I live in. And he's saying essentially, yes. Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. You'll get up tomorrow, and at noon you'll come back to this well and get more water and do this day after day. I want to give you something that will last. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So she says, give me this water so I don't have to get thirsty and keep coming here to draw water. So she still doesn't quite get it. But he's saying, wait, there's a different story. You're living your day out. I have something better for you. So in the context of our relationships, we're in our day-to-day, doing the things that we do. Maybe there is something better. And then he brings her back to the past. He says, okay, well, why don't you go get your husband and come back and I'll give you the water. And in her, probably that sense of shame comes up. She says, well, I I don't have a husband, actually. And he goes, yes, I know you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the man that you're with now is not your husband. I know your story. I know your past. I know where you come from. Um, and then she says, I can see that you're a prophet. And then he goes on to say lots of things. Um, anyway, as it goes through the end of the story, uh, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Right. Just comment on this. Again, just little seeds planting. Right. We're going about our day-to-day lives, doing everything we do in our relationships. We've got jobs, we've got business, we've got kids, we've got obligations. There's another story. Part of it is saying, wait, where where am I in this story? And how does it connect in with the bigger story, the living water story in our lives? And then, which we're not going to talk about a lot today, taking a look back to say, how how did we get here? He sees into her past, talks about all the things that she was probably quite ashamed of, and says, I still accept you in the midst of this. I'm still offering you the living water. So with our relationships, do we have the willingness to be vulnerable enough to share those parts? to risk that with this person that God has given us and to let them be able to speak truth through our life? That's, that's the question, right? <clears throat> for us, we say, what's the story we're living in right now? Uh, for myself, um, like I said, we've got this one-year-old, Sophie, and I go to work, keep long hours oftentimes. I come home and I'm tired. I've also got a house that I lived in prior to getting married, that I've rented out, that now needs to be sold. And I'm over there every day trying to get it renovated. And if you looked up handyman in the dictionary, my picture would not be there. So I'm there trying to deal with this. And uh, in the midst of all this, I remember like, oh my gosh, I've got to give this talk today. And so last night, after being gone literally from like 8 o'clock in the morning till 6.30 at night over at my house, devastating, I come home. And I'm telling my wife, I know I've got, to get, I've got to get my notes ready for this talk. But I was watching Sophie for a minute, and I brought this in for no reason. Then it was just sitting there. But uh, one of these belts of mine was, was laying on the floor. And 
I'm playing with my daughter, and she's just adorable, of course. And so she somehow gets this belt, and she's playing with it, and inadvertently probably has just gotten this belt, and she's like wrapping around like she's wearing a belt and just sitting there. I thought, this is the most beautiful thing ever. She's just like putting on daddy's belt. And I just stopped and said, okay, I'm, I'm lost in this story about how do I take all these old notes and, and get them ready for this talk? But I was saying, wait, wait, the story I'm living in is, it's okay. Here's what's important. I've got my daughter here. We're connecting. I'll use the notes. It'll be fine. But to slow down and say, don't get lost in all the busyness and all the crazy stuff that's out there, this is a story. My daughter putting on her dad's belt, or not really, but trying to. Um, let me have you pause for a moment again and just, again, I'm not going to ask you to share anything, but think about in the story that you're living now, the life that you're living now, what are, what are the distractions? What are the things that are pulling your time, your energy, your emotions, your mental focus? Just internally think about that for a second. And then just take a moment and think, okay, if I, if I were able to connect in to what's really valuable to me in my life, in my relationships, would I and how would I change some of those things that are keeping me so busy or so distracted? Just ponder that for a second. And again, not, not as talk about a crowd today, but anybody, anybody want to mention a few of those things that just keep them distracted or thoughts about that? Lots of obligations, lots of duties, mm-hmm. trying to juggle all that. Absolutely. It's a good one. Any others that just keep you distracted, busy? I know when I plan too much for um, a certain amount of time that really isn't really feasible or practical, and, and then kind of knowing I should scale this back and then kind of saying am I willing to or not. Yeah, that's a great one. I know that's my, my wife kind of does that same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a great example, by the way. Because, again, if we're saying, where are we in the story? How do we get here? It's not that I'm really upset with the kids. I mean, sometimes it's that you're upset with the kids, of course. But there's all this other stuff. So how did I get here? I've said yes to so many things. And I would imagine probably lots of good things. It's, my, my wife is the same way. She's giving and generous, but then 
spread yourself so thin, well then the fuse can be short. And then you're upset with the kids and you're wait, wait, that's not what this is about. Yeah, yeah, so doing a lot of things, saying yes to a lot of stuff, not saying no, good examples. A any others, that's stuff that just keeps you busy or distracted. That's a, um, fantastic. Yeah, I've, 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 so many people say that. Yeah. Um, we have a subscription to Netflix. And, um, I think it's great when I watch one movie. But for a couple of years, there are these TV series. Oh, yes. Not one episode. But, so there's been two or three TV shows. Yeah. That when you watch one episode, it's like you need to watch the other yeah. 25 episodes. You need to, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Right yes. <laughs> yes. You go on a binge, essentially, right? Yeah, it's just not. So, yeah, it's all right for one movie for me, but when I watch the episode, it's too much. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Which certainly connects in, like, to the checking Facebook and social media stuff. Like, do I need to hear what this person did right now? But it bing, it, you're right, it bings and whistles and stuff. and. It, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that right? How about that? Yeah. We're the we're the last country to adopt it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. All those distractions are out there for you. I, I want to leave you, because I know we got to stop right at 10.50. Um, I want to leave you with a possible exercise for you to take with you and do, to think about this. Again, we're just planting seeds to say, realize that you're living out a story in your life right now. I'm suggesting what we're trying to do is stop and say, where am I in the midst of this story? Almost like one of those movies like uh, The Matrix where it seems to be something and you realize something else is happening. To, to stop and go, what is really going on in our lives and our relationships? right? And then how did we get here? What I would suggest that you do, um, especially for those who are married, uh, to take some time before next week with your spouse and sit down, even if it's 15, 20 minutes, and say, let's just tell our story to each other. How, how did we fall in love again? How did things get good? How did things go bad? What are our areas of conflict? What are we doing about it? Where are we right now? What am I sensitive to? What do I need to know about you? Just to begin to tell the story. It seems like a simple exercise. There, there's a, a psychologist, John Gottman. He and his wife do a lot of research on marriage out in Washington State. And they have found that telling the story to each other by itself is actually extremely therapeutically beneficial. That when they do assessments, people say, that was so great. We just told the story. We realized where we were. Even before they did any counseling or anything else, just slowing down and say, remember, remember what we did? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You realize where we are. So my suggestion is take a few moments, 10, 20 minutes, talk to each other, tell the story to each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly. To get a sense, can we answer that question, where are we right now? How did we get here? And then following up kind of next week, too, is are we where we want to be? Are we doing what we want to do? Okay.
for the stories that we have. All right, let me stop and pray, and I'll hang up for a few minutes. I know you guys have to get on back to church and stuff. God, I do thank you for this time. I thank you that the story that we're all living in is that you have died for us in order to redeem us, that you are well aware of our deficiencies, our sins, our faults, and that we cannot do it on our own, but you've made a way. Thank you for bestowing that grace upon us, Lord. Uh, Give us the courage to live vulnerably with you, to live vulnerably with our spouses, with those that are close to us. I would pray that you give us all insight and wisdom to see where we are in the life that we're living and to be able to understand where we need to go. In Christ's name, amen. 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 All right.